Hi everybody, welcome to the Irregular Search for Truth. I'm Scott. I'm Sachin. And here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> number eight. Number eight. Wow, that's a good number. Um, and we're off to a great start. <laughs> so, uh, what have you been up to? Oh, not too much. Just no. the usual. Right on. Working. Uh, I was telling you last, I think I was, uh, we were talking about earlier that I went to a wedding this weekend. And I was boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, I think there's certain, diff there's different like kinds of wedding you can go to. Like there's weddings where it's like your coworker, which is like almost guaranteed to be boring unless all your coworkers are going. Mm -hmm. But even still, like, it depends on the relationship with the other coworkers. You know? Right, right. Well, I would think, I mean, unless you had a pretty good relationship, like friendly relationship with your coworker, you probably wouldn't get invited. Yeah, but I think, you know, like for a lot of people, you you won't, you know, you think of the people you would invite to your wedding or, you know, who your close friends are. And you might have one or two people from each section of your life, you know, yeah. and you might pick that one coworker who's really good friends with you. Or even your, or the two, or or even your boss. Like if you're into that kind of thing. So you know, like social climbing. Exactly. Like bringing right. your boss to your way. Well, it's like the Godfather, right? Like you got to bring people to you, like, and then you go I to see. the Godfather. It's like not even like a, a pleasure thing. It's like you go because it's a matter of respect. Yeah, exactly. Like you come to my wedding, you ask me. i you know, it's the day of my daughter's wedding. You're asking me this favor. Like, come on, right? <laughs> So you go, and it's like, for that person, it's got to be ultra boring. Because it's like, not only do you not, like, really have a relationship with this person, but it's like, it's really just out of respect. So you're there, you know, you sit there with your wife. Okay, here's my, like, you know, my person works for me. Good, <laughs> great. Oh, it's a beautiful ceremony. I hope you have a good time. See you later, right? But it wasn't like that. It was just, like, my fiance's um, college friend. Okay. And so, I mean, it was fine. You know, they're fine people. I just, you know, I don't know them very well. She was a bridesmaid, so I didn't really spend a ton of time with her. You, you know. stood by yourself the whole time. Most much of the time. <laughs> at the ceremony, I sat by myself. At the you know at the reception for a little bit, I sat by myself because they were taking pictures or she was off doing something, and you know like we were, I was at the table by myself for a little bit. Then she walked in, you know, and they introduced the wedding party, and then after that, you know, we ate dinner together and we danced together and stuff like that. So that was fine, but hey, just like you know, I think. Meh. So that was that it's sort like, of wedding. Yeah, you've, you've been to enough weddings now. Yeah. So yeah. like, uh, okay, I've done this before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I mean, you're not breaking any new ground over here. <laughs> <laughs> Impress me. You're not. That's yeah, all I'm like, saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, white dress. Yeah, okay, that's we get original. It. How about green? How about, <laughs> How about blue? How about turquoise, huh? And then, you know, there's a wedding where it's like all your friends are there and it's like mm -hmm. awesome, you know, like, and like... Maybe you're not in the wedding, but a lot of your friends are in the wedding. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, you're kind of, like, in that inner circle of friends. So that's really fun because everybody's there and you know them. And, like, you know, maybe, like I said, you're not in it, but it's, like, at the table it's really fun because you're all, like, catching up. Like, hey, how's it going? What have you been up to? Remember so that time we did this or whatever? On, on this wedding, not only were you not in the inner circle, you weren't in in the outer circle you were no i had no yeah, circle like, i was like a point it was like if if a wedding were mapped like a venn diagram where yeah. you have the bride and groom in the middle and then all these separate loops like you know yeah. work and school and uh family and and whatever you were you were this random point outside the loop yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah exactly or like there'd be two big circles for the bride and groom and then they would have an intersection where they had people they knew mm -hmm. like you know sisters-in-laws and brothers-in-laws and cousins and parents and then on each one of those circles, there would be outer circles. 
because the, only those people know that person, right? So, yeah. so my fiance, she was on the outer circle, the bride side, because we only, I mean, you know, we've been going out for two and a half years now, and like we've spent, I don't know, two nights with those people. You know, mm -hmm. I met them before, but that's about it. You know, and then uh, I was in that, I was in her circle, but not in the brides you know there was yeah, the intersection yeah. was it was with the and universe there is this very limited overlap in terms of other people there. exactly yeah. exactly exactly so it was a small wedding also right yeah. if it's a huge wedding maybe there's more possibility for that kind of stuff but it was still it was still nice you know and it was in san jose and like we got a chance to leave san francisco so it was warm All you, know? right, like, yeah. you got to see some sun nice which is nice i mean i think maybe here the whole weekend it was like very very um misty borderline mm -hmm. rainy Whereas like down there it was like 85, 90 degrees and warm yeah. and like we sat outside, which is nice. kind of almost unheard of in the city. Nice. So that was cool. Uh, but yeah, like there's that wedding and then there's like, like your, if you, all your college friends got married, then that's awesome because people come from out of town. It's like this huge like party. Mm -hmm. There's probably like multiple nights of just getting together. You know, people get in like, oh, I'm going to come in Thursday and we'll hang out Thursday, Friday, the wedding will be Saturday and I'll leave Sunday. You know, and then there's like the whole family style wedding where it's just like, constant madness because like your whole family <laughs> clan is there you know so it's like cousins and like second cousins and moms and dads and mm -hmm. aunts and uncles and and they're all drinking yeah or i mean even if they're not i mean it's like there's a, there's just an inevitable amount of like inevitable amount of just craziness because of all that stuff right people will be crashing at your house you know and show us around and all this stuff mm -hmm. but at least you i mean you know people for better for worse you know if you like your <laughs> if you like your family that's great you know if you don't that's that's that'd be a little less fun but that's what I did this weekend. Right on. Well, that's that's pretty good, interesting weekend. I can't remember what I did this weekend. <laughs> I don't have a job. All my time just blurs together. Well, do you remember it being kind of misty and uh, cold this weekend? Or... See, I can't tell you. All my days are misty and cold. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, last podcast, you kind of guaranteed that you would have like a big decision I've got it I've got big decisions big decisions have been made I don't know if you realized that it was only gonna be a week <laughs> no they've I've, I've done it you you've got decisions here I've got three things well I guess the la the first one I mentioned last time I signed up for the LSAT okay LSAT um, number two I signed up for some evening classes at the community college in, or city college in San Francisco okay uh, film production sorts of things. So infomercials are in your future. Yeah, you never know. I might be making all sorts of uh, advertisements for bad products. Um, and I'm going to preface all my ads with that. This is a bad product. <laughs> uh, then uh, I've decided uh, I found someone I want to send. I wrote a novel and I found someone I want to send the novel to. I will, tomorrow I'm going to finish some last-minute edits on it and uh, and send that off and then I've narrowed my uh, my school list down to about five or six schools this is law school law plus PhD okay yeah. and then so that's a, that's like a fourth section PhD in okay so it depends on the school there are several because they all have like interesting uh, programs that are somewhat interdisciplinary, but they have like different names. Oh, so maybe we should just maybe to be more clear or less specific, an advanced degree in in the field, I would say of something along the lines of uh, 
environmental policy and management. Okay. Uh, Having yeah, to do with like kind of agriculture and water and things like that. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I kind of want to design a study around uh, freshwater, uh, freshwater policy and use and, and how that affects people. It's a hot topic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, just water. Come on. <laughs> it's not like it's that important. <laughs> Please. Anywho. Uh, last week, we also started the uh, the email account. Yeah, Should that's we check true. Our, our yeah, we could do that. We could do uh, that. Do, do, do. Email. Here's our. <laughs> we got an email. <laughs> Yuri writes, "Dear sirs, <laughs> it's funny, all right. This man is brilliant. Dear sirs, I disagree. Also, <laughs> I don't know what you could disagree with. I, I mean, like." We, well, let, let's get through the email. All right, all right, all right. Dear sirs, okay. I disagree. Also, how long until humans go extinct? Yuri. Well, first of all, Yuri, you're wrong. I second that. I mean, <laughs> this is the irregular church of truth. I mean, we don't just say things that aren't true. I mean, we talk about them. We go through the logic. We go, okay, there you go. Right? I mean, it must be you can't true. disagree. You can't disagree. No, we're clearly right by the end of every podcast and your second point how long until humans go extinct uh if popular media and movie trailers are to be believed uh two years which which movie trailers are those 2012 oh the mayan calendar yeah well see this one is actually humans go extinct versus I, I, he's oh like, that's an apocalypse you're right right so are you talking about the end of the world like humans is, go, no well i think just until there are no more humans but what is the mayan calendar is that like oh that just means the end of the world will happen in 2012 so the, like the planet will explode or something well the movie has meteors falling into the okay. planet okay. but people survive so that means not extinct so, so it's a real cop-out mm. it's like oh we sort of believe in the mayan calendar but not really um, so I'm going to say, uh, eight years. Eight years. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I mean, you know, that's not a bad guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I think he might, I wonder if he thought about this from our last discussion about, uh, NASA and going to other planets and stuff like right. that, like having to further the human race, because I've been thinking about this as well. I, I mean, I think what really started it was a while ago when I read, uh, have you read that book, Cat's Cradle? Uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ice Nine. Ice Nine. Oh, yeah. yeah Ice it's Nine a really a good terrible, book. That's a terrible substance. Yeah, um, but it's really, I mean, it really makes you think because it's like all you need is this little, like, crystal of anything, and it'll just, like, you drop it in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it'll just set up this chain of events that will just, yeah. like, you know. So, I mean, there's already some poisons out there, you know, that if released into the water supply or just in a crowded subway would immediately infect millions of people. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, there's all sorts of, like, strange um, viruses and toxins and things like that, you know? Well, I think, I mean, I, I don't know that, uh, I mean, there are definitely toxic substances and, and sorts of things that, you know, can kill lots of people, but I don't know that you know, you release one into a water supply and, and human race will be extinct. I think that Vonnegut's book was uh, 
if not you know a direct metaphor for nuclear war it was it was just sort of a you know talking about how the pursuit of you know random technologies without any guidance can can be harmful in the wrong hands yeah and i mean but the thing is like now that the nuclear threat is not necessarily on our minds not necessarily disappeared but it's just like we don't really worry about it anymore so mm-hmm. much as we did in maybe the 50s the 60s and the 70s you know but now it's almost more um prescient like his book because what can kill us are these small things right, right? the like you know your the nanotechnology the goo that people used to worry about like back in the 90s what was the goo I mean, well you know there's these there's like these basically nano robots that you can create yeah. that might go but the thing is what breaks those like if when you're when you're done with your nano robot what do you do with it like where does it go i mean it's so small you can't just you have to build another robot to destroy the nano robot well i don't know i mean aren't they you know isn't the nano robot is it it has to be made of either a metal or a silicon or something like that right sure sure but i mean you have to contain it somehow i mean the point is like there's all these really small like things just floating around yeah I mean, I'm getting kind of off the subject, but the point is, like, there's all these little small, like, toxins and small, like, uh, materials and chemicals that we're kind of creating to do these things, you know, whatever it happens to be. And whether it's, like, something as simple as DEET or Agent Orange, okay. you know, like, pe- pesticides are really harmful, like, you know, yeah. human humanicides, whatever, like, things that will kill each other, kill people. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whether it's, like, some sort of chemical we use to, like, you know, make metal or like to like you know use in really caustic chemical uh processes mm-hmm. you know and then we're not even aware of what it does right and then it gets yeah. in the wrong hands when he drops it in a lake and all of a sudden you know all of like lake tahoe is just poisoned let's yeah. just say for example and if if they do it well enough then they'll be able to poison like larger lakes and maybe even the oceans mm-hmm. it's just weird you know and these days it seems like there's people out to do that more and more whereas like you know, you can't imagine it maybe like a couple of years ago to do it ma- maliciously. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like all you need is like some evil genius, like literally an evil genius mm-hmm. who is just like upset about something. Well, it's interesting that the uh, that, you know, as the world has become much more globalized, the the possibility <clears throat> of somebody attacking the whole world is kind of a, you know, it, it's I mean, I guess the mentality can be there, you know. Right. Uh Whereas before it was sort of like, well, okay, in James Bond, you had like a guy holding the world ransom for a million dollars. And it's like, well, okay, that's sort of corny and, and weird. But now you've got these terrorists and it's like, oh, well, they could blow up a city. You know, yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't destroy the world. They can't take over the world, you know, but you can be anti-global community, you know. Right. Uh, and, and that, yeah. That's so, I mean, and I don't know if like... Maybe the human race won't ever go extinct, but like maybe if you maybe you could call it like if there's only a hundred humans left, you might as well call it extinct, you know. And like mm, maybe endangered. Yeah, well, I think that'd be a little more than endangered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I mean, you obviously you know like we started at some point from you know a population that small. So right, right. There's, there's. I mean, I I hope that the human race doesn't go extinct. I hope that I do hope though also that we sort of evolve past our Headier, uh natures. Well, I mean, I think your your guess of eight years is not far off. I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, honestly, I really hope it is. I hope that's a way wrong guess. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, like, you know, I'm not even sure. I wouldn't be surprised. 
You know, it wouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't believe it, just because of the way. I would be. Really? Yeah. If we, if suddenly, like seven and a half years from now, it was like everybody's dying, I would be really surprised. I wouldn't. Why? Because I mean, just like look at all, like like you said, the way we live. Yeah. You know, like uh, pandemics, they can spread so easily. Yeah. Right. This but sort- I mean, but okay, I could I could see. Uh, in a sort of like Malthusian sense, you know, some some uh, epidemic or or war or famine killing a lot of people. Yeah. But I think that you know some group would definitely survive, or individuals or, or something like that. Uh, but but in terms of you know actually going extinct, ooh, that would be that would be tough. I don't know. Uh, and I certainly would be surprised. If it happened, I, you know. Uh... Well, I would say I'm gonna. That's a tough one. I mean, I w- I guess it's, I'd have to give a range of what would surprise me. You know, it'd be surprising <laughs> to me if it happened next year, but the way technology is going, it's getting almost easier and easier. I feel like, which is mm. weird to say. Eight years does seem very close, but things change so quickly. That's true. You know. You think the machines will take over? I don't think that will happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or we'll be gone before that happens. Put it that way. Hmm. But I, yeah, I would. I'm gonna go out and say, human race is extinct in 150 years. Wow. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. You don't think that'll happen? No, no. And barring, you know, I mean, there's always the the big one. I think is you know, giant meteor destroys the planet, and we got nowhere to go. Uh, but uh, but I. Barring that, I I would say that, you know, hopefully we don't nuke the planet, which would have sort of a similar effect. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think you know, you could have disasters that kill lots of people. Hopefully right. not. But, but I don't think that would, that any, you know, any natural disaster or disease would wipe out the, the species entirely. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll I don't see. I don't think it'll be natural. I'll put it that way. Okay. I don't, right. I don't think it's going to be natural. All right. Like, I think it will be man-made. Ice Nine. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, for exactly. those of you who don't know, Ice Nine is in the Vonnegut book, Cat's Cradle. And it's uh, it's basically a type of uh, a re... What would you call it? A reformation of the water uh, when it freezes into a different shape. And so it freezes at a lower temperature. Right. And so... So they drop some of this into uh, any sort of water and everything freezes just at like regular temperatures and no one can drink water and everybody dies. It's pretty much a bummer. <laughs> that book is a bummer too, actually. That book was such a bummer. It's like oh. hilarious until you realize what happened. I, the first time I thought it, I, first time I read it, I thought it was actually pretty funny. Because mm. it's like, he was just so flippant about everything. He was just yeah. very like, and then this happened, and it was ridiculous, and I moved on. It's like, and then I met this couple, and they were from Iowa, and they were hilarious. Or they were from someplace. I yeah. forget where they were from, but like, it was, and he called her mom, and she was just like, all of a sudden, like, it was her mom, and he was just like acting like that, and then... He was just meeting all these weird characters. He didn't really understand the whole scope of what was happening. And, yeah. then, and then the world's over. And then the world's over, and you're like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. And then you go back and read it again, and you know what's going to happen. I think it changes the, it really changes the tone of the book. Yeah. But. Well, I, I don't know. I, I read it for the first time probably not long ago, maybe a year ago or so. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a downer for me. I was like, oh, Kurt Vonnegut had a 
I guess all his books are kind of uh, dark and uh, quirky. But uh, yeah, that was that sure. was like I feel like that was written in a depression or something. You think like, so? Yeah, man. Like, have you ever read uh, what is it, The Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court by Mark Twain? No. It's it's this book where like there's all in any copy of it, I bet you'd find like a, a note either at the beginning or the end explaining that Twain wrote it in two distinct periods. He like wrote the first three quarters to, to you know eighty percent of it maybe. Uh, and then and then he wrote the end of it later, and uh, and what happened in between was like half his family died, oh, and no. so the first half of the, or the first you know three quarters of the book is like uh, it's great you know it's like oh this silly story about you know uh, a guy he's kind of he's basically like making a lot of fun of Jules Verne type novels and stuff, uh, and any sort of romanticization of the past, uh, and then. And then the last end of the book is just so depressing. It's just one of these sort of like everybody dies, kind of things, and and like all all the good characters in the book are are dead and and killed by they all get killed by technology that gets introduced. And so it was it was weird. It's a bummer. Uh, but along those lines, like that book, the book just sort of leaves you feeling like oh. <laughs> Take a shower after that. Yeah, or you know, you need to take like a day long shower. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Have you read any good books lately? Um, I read a good book. Uh, it was called. Uh, I don't think it's probably pretty rare, but it's called Momo. I don't know if I told you about it, mm. but it's a. Uh, you ever see that movie called The Never Ending Story? Oh yeah. Yeah, he wrote that. Oh, okay. So it's the same guy who wrote that. I guess the movie was based on a book or something like right. that. So I believe. Yeah. I believe Bastion or Sebastian. I think Sebastian sounds right. Seba okay. I, but I, you know, it's been a long, I don't think, I don't remember the last time I saw that movie. Probably <laughs> in like two decades ago. There was some weird dog dragon thing. Yeah, there. the luck dragon. There you go. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it was about this little girl and like she likes to hang out basically and people... Just really enjoyed spending time with her, and all their. Whenever they spent time with her, all of their problems kind of went away. Mm. But then these people showed up, and they showed everybody that you could save all this time by doing things that quicker. Or it's like, why would you waste your time doing this when you could do this and this and this? And like people started getting really wrapped up in their lives, mm -hmm. really wrapped up in their business, and always trying to save time. Mm -hmm. And they would save time by like, you know, taking the shortcut to work, just small things like that, or it'd be like. You know, instead of sitting outside, like, why are you wasting time when you could be at home, like, taking care of tasks? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, it starts. It sounds pretty innocuous, like, yeah, don't waste time. But then it's like, then they, then the people who were convincing them to do this, they were, and the people who were convincing were these kind of like mysterious gray figures, these mm -hmm. gray men who kind of showed up and disappeared at random. And so people will be like, oh, then why would I waste my time doing this, or why would I waste my time doing that, or why would I take the long way, or why would I do this slowly and enjoy the work when I could just get it done? and then do something else. Mm -hmm. And so everybody in the whole town was convinced that they just need to do things faster and faster and faster. And and then eventually people were just like so miserable. You know, mm -hmm. they had like no enjoyment in their life. You know, yeah, I mean like let's just take a leisure dinner, but no, people would like go eat and then get back to work. Right, right. You know, and it's kind of weird because you, it was very, uh, you know, he wrote that book like maybe 20 or 30 years ago, and but it's still very relevant today. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of interesting that 
things need to be slowed down. It's so easy to get really worked up. I need to be here. I need to meet this person. I need to go do this. I need to do this. I need to do that. And you have a list of things to do and all this stuff. But sometimes you say, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang out and be bored. <laughs> I'm just gonna, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna like stare at the ceiling. Or I'm just gonna sit outside and go for a walk or whatever. I have nothing to do, and that's great. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a book that I read recently. So is it a children's book? Because Never Ending Stories, it's a children's. It was, story. it was on the, it was on the level of a children's book. Okay. But I think you know it was one of those books that sometimes, or movies, or pieces of work that works on multiple levels. Okay. So I mean, this, the essential character was a child. Okay. A little girl, but you know, I think it. For me, it definitely resonated, you know, right. like the the idea of constantly saving time or constantly being busy and like constantly not wasting your time, more importantly. I think it like a lot of people get caught up in that, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that, though. I don't I mean, like at the same time, I'm I'm wary of uh, the kind of like packaged quasi spirituality answers like I that the way you describe that book reminds me of uh, have you ever heard of Paolo Coelho yeah yeah, yeah. I, I read one of his books called The Alchemist and like people here we like, go here we go <laughs> tell me like they were like oh you have to read this it's like this you know it'll it'll open your eyes and I read it and I and it was like one of those where you know it has sort of like answers like oh take your time and, yeah, and yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. and I was like this is bull you know like no. this is this is or this is a, a packaged you know consumerist take your time <laughs> wow. book you know like this is, I mean I don't know maybe Paolo Coelho is a great guy but I think he's making a fortune off of off of ripping people off on these well okay okay do you think he's doing messages. it intentionally. Uh, I don't know. All no, that's I know is that's that, the best part. Like, is he, is he packaging? He's like, like, he's like, you know what? I, I live a happy life and I take it slowly. <laughs> and if I can sell people this idea at fourteen ninety five a book, then, <laughs> then it will be a, a great. You need to eat great sl- life for me. You need me. to eat slowly and love deeply. Yes, there you go. And and you know. It's it's about finding uh, the side journeys on the main journey, and the twists and turns. <laughs> and I was like, "What? Okay, wait a second. What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> it's funny because a good friend of mine just recommended that. No, book. she no, loves Paulo Coelho. Oh, <laughs> like, oh she's constantly like, "Have you Sachin? Have you read The Alchemist?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did. You lent it to me, and I didn't like it." Like, but it's hard because. It's one of those books that maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but to compare it to the Bible or like some sort of like spiritual, you know, thing that really resonates with you, it's like, right. oh, this is so true, you know, and like these these words of wisdom, like they yeah, just resonate with my that, life. That was true for me when I was about ten. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, yes. Was, How like, do you really feel? <laughs> I was like, man, this is an awesome book. All these uh, grown-ups should really check it out. And now, uh, now it's like, you know, what? No, you know, what? I guess, I guess the point. Is, I mean, I, I read it. it was It was fine. It was it was well written. But it, I think the point is that it's the message is not uh, nearly as. I I think it oversimplifies everything. Into into these packageable quasi spiritual lessons, you know, and yeah, it's like yeah. and it's like actually life's not that 
no, you know, life is not free that of, of uh, complications. And and when things suck, you can't just sort of look at them and say, uh, oh, maybe this is one of those threads on my knot of life. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, uh, I mean, that's I think I think definitely what you get at with that can be right. Like you do need to get, you know, a greater perspective on things. You don't need to be wrapped up in all the like, uh, you know, scuzzy little material things that we often get wrapped up in. But that book more pissed me off than anything because yeah. I was I was just sort of like, this is dude, you're a BS artist. Have you read? Um, uh, I'm gonna get Paolo hate mail. That's irregular search for truth at gmail dot com. Have you read the unbearable lightness of being? No. Okay. No. I didn't. felt I felt in a similar way to that book. Okay. But that book was had a little more of a plot. I think I thought the alchemist was just like, not even a good. Story. And then he went. Yeah, he was searching for gold. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? It was annoying. It was okay. So the alchemist was something like something like the kid. You know, he I don't know. He sold into slavery or something like that. And and then he uh, and but he finds some like path to riches or something that he that he starts to follow and his life goes through all these twists and turns on this on this path and he like maybe falls in love i don't remember that well but uh but at the end you know it's sort of like he has this revelation like oh the riches were sort of my my journey right that was that was the riches but then he actually finds the riches (laughs) Like actual bars of gold, and I was like, "What kind of stupid ass ending is that?" Wow. I mean, like, I mean, first you had a perfectly fine children's book, right? You know, with a good lesson, and then you threw the gold bars on top. It's like, what? Yeah, my friend and I we go back and forth because, like, I don't know, for some reason that book really speaks to her. Oh man, I just, sorry. I know who you are. I think. My apologies. I'm sure he's a nice man. And different books resonate to different people in different ways. And I, she's always like, dude, such a... Have you read the Alchemist? Like, yeah, I have. I mean, it's just... I don't know, man. It's like, I, I get it. Like, I, I see what yeah. you're getting at, but that's just kind of obvious to me. You know, I... Right. Uh, I mean, it, I don't need somebody to tell... Have you... Another... There's a couple other books that remind me of that. It's like, one is The Unbearable Lightness Being. Okay. Which I just hated so much right <laughs> why okay first of all it was had this really preachy tone very uh, similar yes. to the yeah Alchemist. that was that was the annoying thing, very yeah. preachy like you know get life man it's like like this you know you gotta take it back and like sit back and like take it slow and understand what people are getting at and like it's all about living for the day or whatever you know and that's true but also you're being really preachy and then also, I just felt like there was an incredible amount of explicit sexuality in that book that was completely unnecessary. Mm. Like, constantly having sex in that book. I don't understand. And this guy was constantly cheating on his wife. Like, constantly. Like, and she knew it, and they're like, well, then I just, I had sex with this other woman because I just couldn't stop. And then, and then, like, there's this one scene where this one particularly resonates with me, but he would, like, be like, that particularly resonates with me because I didn't like it at all. But he's like, and then as surgeons do, he went to the bathroom in the sink. <laughs> that was the part that really bothered me. It didn't. Make, I mean, I guess it has nothing to do with the book, but I just don't get why he had to say that. It's just so weird. <laughs> I don't know. But well, anyway, now I feel weird about surgeons. Yeah, I don't know if that's what surgeons do, but I, I guess I'm getting a little off topic. 
But that book, and then the Al uh, no, the Alchemist, and then uh, did you read the Pro the Prophet by Khalil Gibran or Gilbron? No. Yeah. It's very similar to that, yeah. where it'll be like, I think there might be 50 chapters, maybe like 40 chapters, and they're all like, you know, um, a page and a half long, yeah. and it's like, on love. And then they'd be like, love is something that you must cherish, and you must take it back to where you, you know, to the center of your being and all this stuff, and it's like, dude, uh, all right, I mean, I get it, you know, that's yeah. cool, it's like fun to read that stuff at weddings, right, you know, right. and at readings and yeah. things like that, but... You could I, take one of these sentences and put it on a calendar page. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're being very judgmental, but uh, we are. We are. But that's what. That's what this is about. <laughs> well, we have opinions. Yeah. And you, you are subjected to them, and that is it. Uh, I, I guess. Um, yeah. I guess I should. I should backtrack it a bit on the on the alchemist thing and say that it wasn't the lessons that he was trying to get out there because it was sort of like okay these are nice life, life right, lessons right it was the sort of preachiness i think that's what it like, was with me too it was it was just really annoying uh yeah anyway now i feel like i should go edit my novel a bit more <laughs> like take out any pretense of preachiness i think next time we get together i'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to like bring selected uh, verses from these three books there you go that's because a good idea it's been such a long time since i read any of those books that i feel like i just might have been completely getting the wrong book wrong or whatever but uh I'm, maybe we'll do that maybe that's I'll that, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. Goes. that'll be good i've got I, i'm uh, i'm going on vacation myself uh in a week or so and uh and that vacation from being unemployed. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take a few books for reading. Oh, yeah, and, anything uh, on your list? Uh, well, I got the the new J.R.R. Tolkien book. Oh, you know, that was like his family didn't want it to be published, right? I don't know. Well, no, like his son put it all together. Okay. Um, it's just uh, it's just a like, a, I guess, a prequel to the Lord of the Rings or something like that. Prequel to the Hobbit to the Silmarillion yeah. yeah. to that. Okay. It's one of those one of those stories and I, I haven't looked at it yet, but I got that. Um then I'm I'm in the middle of this book called Shadow of the Silk Road, which is a nonfiction traveling from uh this ancient city in China across uh what is it, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, Iran, and ending I'm not sure where, maybe in Turkey or Syria or something like that. Uh, I haven't gotten to the end of it yet. Sounds, and then, sounds serious. It's a, you know, it's a pretty cool book. It makes me want to go traveling a bit, but there are these some certain parts in it where he has these kind of, uh, he has these conversations with a fictional ancient uh, Silk Road trader, uh. you know, like where he sort of goes into his own thoughts and, and then has these, uh, these conversations and, and I'm like, these aren't good. <laughs> like, it was great when you're just telling me about what happened as you're traveling on the modern day, you know, tracing the ancient Silk Road. Yeah, yeah. But then you created this, uh, this like, uh, ghost that you talked to here, right? You know, in, in the guy's head. And like, what would the guy say? And it's, I think it's, it's the problem is that he doesn't say, well, what would the ancient Sogdian trader think of this? Here's what I think he would think of this. It's just he goes right into this sort of conversation, and it's kind of preachy uh -oh. and weird. You know, and it's like, ooh. Everything everything but <laughs> that I really like about the book. That's it? Just two books? Um, well, i got to get another or two. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a really slow reader these days. 
what I've been really getting into, for some reason I just can't like read literature anymore. I mean, it's been a while. I have read some literature, mm-hmm. but I've been really like, I read some of the Harry Potter books, and I read like a Michael Grisham book recently, and it's like... You mean John Grisham? Uh, yeah. The lawyer guy? The lawyer guy. The I guess firm. I was getting confused with Michael Crichton. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, but they're the, about the same. Like, all those guys, it's like you can just like whip through those books. It's like, yeah. it's like watching a movie. Yeah, yeah. But like reading a book. It's well, just, that's airport literature yeah it's, it's airport know. literature and it's just you know what like it's fun I yeah. don't know what to say you yeah. know? it's like I feel bad because it's like there's all these like great books to read out there but right. these are pretty good too you know and it's like I guess it's fun to just take a break every once in a while well it's it's. Uh, I don't know if we're getting too long here but it, I think that brings up a good sort of point I've kind of started to see a distinction in in books between what I would consider art and entertainment you yeah, know, and and the the you know the airport literature are, are entertainment, and that's great. Um, but the uh, but it's harder, I think, to find a book that uh, that sort of crosses that threshold into making you think about something, really engaging you, uh, rather than rather than just sort of being like a, engaging on a superficial level, like. And then he ran, holding the briefcase as the man pursued him down the street. You know, tick, like, tick, tick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess there's no soundtracks in books. There ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> to hear what it sounded like, press this button. Meow. Yeah. Wait, whoa, that was like a cow, cat. Meow. A mat. <laughs> Wait a minute, they both start with C. <laughs> Well, well, like they both start with C, but they make, both make M sounds. Yeah. Weird. Whoa! I think we really stumbled <laughs> upon something. A mew. The cowat mewed. Yeah. All right. All right. Do something. Uh, Art versus entertainment. You want to follow that subject? Well, I guess it I, that works on so many different like uh, areas of of entertainment right there's like pop music versus right. versus like folk music which is i mean not to say that folk music has to be like always art or it is always art but i mean there's the stuff that stands the test of time yes and then there's oops i did it again right right and i would say pop music very very rarely crosses into the art realm right you know because it's so easily reproducible you could we could write a pop song that would sound like any top 40 pop song you know, just with a computer, basically. Right. And we would have to have no, you know, musical background. And then you just put some words over it, like. Yeah. yeah I mean, we were talking about, I think, uh, the other day, but I uh, like "Smells Like Teen Spirit" or that Nevermind album. Mm-hmm. Although it, well, I mean, it's just rock, right? It's mm-hmm. just two guys with a guitar, or one guy with a guitar, one guy with a bass, one guy with a drum set. But the, I don't know what it is, but that sound that they captured really, like, it just hit. The nail on the head for when it came out. Yeah. It was the just the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And even when you go back and listen to it, it just still holds so much gravity, so much like importance and so much meaning. But but for us, I don't know if it would for a kid who's like fifteen right now. Well, you know, I yeah. I, I think it could because you know when I go back and listen to Led Zeppelin, it's yeah. like oh my god, this is still really good and still really relevant. You know, like. When I listen to this, this is just as good or better than some of the stuff I listen to now, and I want to listen to this, you know. And and it's interesting because especially if you know how old it is, you go, well, this, wow, I can see where this band came from, or I can see where this band came from, because these guys did this 35 years right. ago at this yeah. point, you know. Yeah. Like even if you go back and watch something like The Matrix, 
-hmm. which I mean maybe this is Matrix it's almost preachy mm -hmm. you know but as far as the special effects go it was like kind of crazy revolutionary yeah you know and when you go back and watch that movie and you realize that it came out almost 10 years ago um, or maybe even more at this point you say wow and you look at the special effects oh that's where this came from or that I can't yeah. believe they did that 10 yeah. years ago They're, like bullet time and the silver and the, just like the, the dramatic kind of like scenery that they did in that movie yeah that was just really like you know and it's it's so interesting when a certain piece of work comes out and really hits the nail on the head for like what needed to be said right right or what what was possible to say yeah i think it's a little presumptuous to say it needed to be said but right. though you get i think when you do get those and those things do become kind of uh you know iconic in their time you get a lot of imitation yeah and and then i think it's uh i don't know it's it it becomes uh subjective perhaps in terms of what what general genuinely has the value and what what is right but, right you're saying it might cheapen the original by well you know it could or or i mean like thinking about the matrix like okay yeah those special effects were awesome and they broke tons of new ground since then i've seen the matrix special effects done you know 15 times over right but never anything really new you know, right. I mean, oh, or, totally, or when totally. when it is something new, you're like, that's awesome. Yeah. But when it's the same movie over again, you're sort of like, meh. Yeah. You know, no, exactly. And and that's kind of why I say like the Matrix. You go back and look at it, the way they did it. It's not only that it's like it's just kind of cool, but it, like it really works. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just like, oh, let's just throw a really huge explosion in here and see what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the cool thing that the Matrix had going for it also was it it sort of had a it was working on a philosophical level. That was, you know, that God, that movie's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I just think about it. It's like, God, that movie was so good. Yeah. And those next, those other two movies were so bad. And the sequels. Oh yeah, man, they kind of. Yeah. It was so. It was such a disappointment. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm sorry, Wolkowski brother, if you're listening. I'm sure you are. Yeah. But uh, we do have 45 listeners. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's just. You know, uh, I mean, there was probably a lot of holes in the first movie, but it really opened your mind. And, like, I guess Terminator did that in a sort of way, too, where it's like, you know, what happens when you give rise to machines? Like, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean mm -hmm. to be this sentient? All this stuff. But the same thing with The Matrix, right? It's like... Oh, did you see the latest Terminator? I didn't. Oh, neither did I. No, but, I mean, just, like, the whole trilogy or the yeah. whole, t like, Terminator kind of, like, milieu. Uh -huh. Is that the right <laughs> word? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce it, but you sounded close. <laughs> but that kind of it kind of gives you that what happens when the machines have very extraordinary intelligence, mm -hmm. and the Matrix kind of takes it from there and says, well, they may, if they started feeding on us, let's just say that like maybe let's just say that's part of it. What it what would it take for them to make us happy, mm. right? And that's kind of the bigger issue there, right? It's like they have to keep us docile so they can feed on our bodies which is like okay that's kind of the sci-fi weird gross part of it right, right but then it's like that wasn't enough which is kind of the interesting philosophical part of it right yeah. it's like that wasn't enough to keep the humans around because they wouldn't sustain their lives they needed to have some sort of mental stimulation right, right yeah. and it wasn't enough to listen to pop songs they had to be given life they had to be given like true meaningful existences at least in their brain and that was the was what the matrix was mm -hmm. And how could if you were in the Matrix, if you were a robot, how would you know? Yeah. Which, and like you would smell the phoniness. You think which so? Is, which mean, is, I think, what you know, what Neo in the Matrix he brings out, and that sort of comes back to the the imitation thing. You know, right, it's like right. some some people realized that it was not legit, or that there was something wrong. 
You know, that's true. And like, here's the thing, though. How is that any different than teen angst? Mm. You know, like, when you're, like, 14, you're like, dude, this is lame. Everything <laughs> sucks. <laughs> My parents, they go to work. And what do they know? They don't do anything, man. They just mm. go to work, and then I just go to school, and I get made fun of, or I make fun of people. Everybody does this. It's so lame, man. It's like, that's, it's almost um, stereotypical. And, and, and that's where it Smells Like Teen Spirit came from. Exactly. Wow. We're just coming full circle. This is, this is it. We're cutting out Oops, I Did It Again and airport literature. Sorry, you're falling by the wayside. <laughs> the Matrix led Zeppelin and uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's it. <laughs> We're old. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's anything good on the radio these days. I don't know about the radio. What was the last awesome, like, possibly earth-shattering, like, piece of work, like, that you listened to, watched, or read? Oh, uh, I don't know. I've heard about some cool things I'd like to see that are by this visual artist who makes stuff out of nature, and then they all kind of, like, disappear. You know, like, he'll make, like, floating some things out of driftwood or something and they'll okay. and they'll just and they'll disappear but apparently they're supposed to be really cool so i kind of want to see those and it would be neat to see those sorts of thing but in terms of last thing i like last piece of art that well i was just trying to think like i mean sure like we kind of dated ourselves or we just i mean like why is it that the things that the the examples of things we suggested are all at least 10 years old. Does that mean well, nothing has happened? You know, I think you had a good point earlier when you said that things stand the test of time and right. kind of prove themselves. I think, I, I I, mean, I'm not up on the pop music scene or, or maybe movies. I've seen some good movies. What What have I seen? Well, at least I've seen movies. I don't know if I've seen good movies. <laughs> uh, what came out last year? I just saw the Harry Potter movie and I was like, uh the, the problem with the Harry Potter movie is that you have to know Harry Potter to get it. Right. Like, you have to have read the books or seen all the movies and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. sort of like, it was really slow and pondering for about the first half, and then, like, a plot kicked in. It's it kind of like, like the, the, the second two uh, Lord of the Ring movies. Yeah, they're yeah, just you like definitely a, a million characters a minute, like they're going a million miles a minute. You know, yeah. everything is like bang, 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 you yeah. know, swords, 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 flying, and all that stuff. Um, like who is that? What is that? Not to say I didn't like the Harry Potter movie. It was fine. Yeah. It, was, it was a bit yeah. long. And, but uh, I'm trying to think of what. Because it's so weird. Because sometimes when you have an idea or you have this like thing, you kind of almost know. Like when when Teen Spirit came out or Nevermind came out, maybe not the minute it came out, but like probably within a year or two, mm -hmm. people knew that that was like huge. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe it, maybe it was only until five years later or ten years later or I guess at this point. 15, 20 years later. Mm -hmm. Did that come out? It, it almost 20 years ago, yeah. right? I think. I mean, you. Well, like 15. Yeah, I mean, it's like now we really know, right? But I mean, even even up until like five years after, they kind of knew that that was a really really big deal, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't know. I can't think. Of, maybe next time. Maybe that'll be the subject right for next time. What's yeah. what is like an earth shattering, like current sort of like game changer in terms of like just kind of like human production like works of like music or visual or literature mm -hmm. you know what kind of changed the rules or whatever right on well that's a, that's that's our assignment yeah sounds good all right
Till then, oh, and feel free to write in with your suggestions. Or to, criticism. Yeah, irregularsearchfortruth at gmail.com. Uh, and hope to hear from you and hope to hear, wait a second, I hope you hear us next time. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, I'm Scott. I'm Sachin. See you later.